The Last of Us ends on a high note with an origin story for Ellie, a rampage for Joel Miller, as well as an incredible finale that will satisfy fans of the show and gamers. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We just watched the season one finale of The Last of Us, and I gotta say, this is probably my favorite episode so far. It was just from start to finish, sensational, great acting, great writing, and a hell of a finale. Yeah, I would say it's my favorite as well. It's already a 9.3 on IMDb, and I'm actually shocked of how accurate this episode was compared to the game a lot of the episodes that we've been talking about we like to break down the differences between the game storyline or actions as well as versus the show and how they change it for cinematic purposes and for a a wider general audience but this episode besides the opening the great flashback of the origins Origins! of of ellie which i liked a lot that was a terrific scene in sequence we got from then on at the hospital we're in salt lake city this is pretty much scene for scene as accurate to the game as they've gotten. I remember watching you do the assault on the hospital. Awesome. I, I watched you play that sequence. It was like you just killed like 100 people. It's it pretty insane. epic. We finally got like a real true Joel Miller rampage, which they've done a little bit here and there. But I've been waiting this whole season for Joel to just, just go off and just see the brutality of what this character can do as you're playing with him at, in the game Every freaking five minutes, you are just (laughs) popping people off with all kinds of weapons. But we'll get to that hospital rampage because it was exceptional, so well done. But I love the opening of a flashback because one of the best parts of this show for this season and how it's different and kind of disloyal, you could say, to the game is showing things that we could only imagine what it was like. What caused the origins of Ellie's immunity. I've always been curious about Rise of Ellie. (laughs) Ellie origins. How did she become immune? And we find out Anna, this pregnant woman in the opening in this flashback, who was actually played by Ashley Johnson, who voices and plays Ellie in the video games. So a great callback to another actor, actress, voice actor from the game being in the show as well as Marlene and even uh, the character who is James, like we said, voiced Joel Miller Mm -hmm. in the game. He had a, a role in the last episode. To see not only the origins of Ellie, but also answer questions because I'm sure a lot of fans would be curious, why is Ellie immune? What makes her so special? Was it divinity? Was it an act of God? Or was it something practical like being born at the same time as her mother getting bit? So she got like just a taste of the of the uh, it's cordyceps. like Blade. Just like, yeah, it is like Blade in the hospital. Yeah. That's absolutely a great... I was trying to think. I was like, it reminds me of something, but Blade, I can't baby. picture it. But yeah, Blade, the opening of Blade is his pregnant mother gets bit by a vampire in the hospital and then gives birth to him and that's what makes him a daywalker. I, I can't wait for Blade. <laughs> and basically Mahershala. she's a daywalker for the cordyceps yes, because we yeah. find out later on that the cordyceps there they're the doctors are going to use the chemical uh, messages these chemical messengers and try to take them from Ellie because it tells other cordyceps that she's a cordyceps so that they don't so infect her. So that's how her immunity works. So that, yeah. that's why she doesn't get infected when she gets bit and exposed to uh, the the bites of the cordyceps and try to turn that into not necessarily a vaccine but a cure to give to everybody that chemical response. Do you think that is it possible that 
maybe well i'm not sure if you start playing game two but they don't there's never like an instance where an infected recognizes her as also an infected kind of like world war z no 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 it's not uh-huh. like that in terms of it's the cordyceps from a chemical standpoint thinking that she's a cordyceps not the gotcha. actual being like on a molecular level exactly yeah, okay. so that's gotcha. what they mean by gotcha. the cordyceps the chemical messenger recognizes her as a cordyceps that's why it okay. doesn't infect her and take over her body gotcha they don't like go up to her and be like oh, you're one of us <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's not like uh Shaun of the dead where it's, oh, they just pretend to be zombies <laughs> and they just walk right past them that's great <laughs> but the opening was really great and it, it was just kind of reminiscent of children and men too you know someone having to give birth under incredible stress in the crazy situation and a quiet place yeah in the bathtub that's a great scene oh my god and what's her name ashley johnson yeah she did a fan- fantastic job she was excellent in the short amount of screen time she had i thought it was a really smart opening and for me it makes total sense that this is how ellie became immune i was wondering while watching the whole season and playing you watch watching you play the game like how is it that she became immune why is it she why is this what this one person just was was she born with immunity i was always wondering that and so i can imagine for people playing the game probably wondered the same thing so i thought it was great for the creators to actually tell that tale and showcase how exactly ellie became immune and it makes a lot of sense i'm not a scientist or biologist but for for just a, a casual audience member it looks pretty legit to me for how she became immune. I thought it was awesome. It's, again, one of those things that we could only imagine what caused the immunity. We only just wondered, but then we get an answer in the show, which I think is the writers and Neil Druckmann going back. I've had ideas for how to answer these questions or show these relationships with Anna and Marlene, what their relationship was like before they were that Marlene was in the QZ in Boston. Because in the game, when this hospital sequence is going down and you're Joel breaking into the hospital, you're learning about the backstory of Marlene and Anna briefly, where she's leaving there's voice messages of marlene to anna kind of just talking to her in the past okay about how she's had to make this terrible decision that she has to kill ellie who she's been protecting her entire life it's actually kind of similar also to dumbledore with harry potter where he has to kind of lead harry potter to slaughter but dumbledore so you've been raising him as like a pink to slaughter (laughs) don't tell me you've grown to care for the boy severus always (laughs) So kind of similar where this person is the answer, the cure to this, to save humanity, but they have to die. And and obviously Marlene didn't realize this until Ellie got bit. Exactly. Right? Okay, that makes total sense. And I thought it was just a terrific opening. Because no one knew if she was truly immune. Yeah. Marlene didn't. Obviously no one thought of that because yeah. she had never been exposed to an infected or bit before. So she just thought that she was a normal girl. Because they cut the umbilical cord yeah. just in time. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. But I, it, it was a kind of a dead giveaway that it was Ellie's origins with the knife because that's Ellie's knife. There's been so many shots and she's got that great switchblade. Uh-huh. And you even like, oh, I bet you this is Ellie origins. I, I didn't say, I didn't recognize the knife. Yeah. I just said, it, I saw a baby being born. I was like, I bet this is Ellie. <laughs> and I, I said, Ellie origins. <laughs> <laughs> but the knife was, that was it because then... Yeah. Obviously, that's the knife that Ellie always carries in the, every freaking episode in the game, especially. And uh-huh. then, you know, Joel eventually... I, I'm surprised they didn't show, like, Joel giving it to her in the show. Oh, uh, after he saves her? Yeah, because mm-hmm. the knife was like, pass, give this to Ellie. That's yeah, what yeah, her yeah. mother said to Marlene. Give, it, was, it was actually a crazy heirloom to give to a, a, infant, <laughs> a newborn baby, a, a giant knife. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it also showcases that the rarity of this even happening, someone being immune to the infected and cordyceps is one in a trillion. Like the odds of it happening are so astronomical that Ellie really is probably the only person who will ever be born immune in a, in a way. So it shows how valuable she is to the future of humanity and saving humanity 
from this terrible disaster. And it probably will never happen again because you get to think of the odds of a pregnant woman, a pregnant woman giving birth while she gets bit and then saving the baby immediately, and then that baby surviving this dystopian future. So the odds of this ever happening again are astronomical because the odds of it happening was astronomical. So it does show that Ellie really is, without a doubt, the only chance that humanity has ever had and probably will ever have of curing this thing. Which shows why Joel's saving of her by the end of the film... Incredibly heroic, but also wildly selfish, which we'll get into because we cut to present day and Ellie's, you know, not herself. They're on their way to the hospital and they threw in Chef Boyardee joke again, which was nice. <laughs> and, and Boggle. Then, and then mentioned, yeah, Boggle. <laughs> this is something you can definitely beat me at. And bringing up the guitar, which was great because that's something that's really important for part two. Joel teaching Ellie guitar is something that's going to obviously be seen going forwards as well as they bring it up in the game a little earlier. And, and it's, it's one of the most special parts of their connection. Their father-daughter relationship is the guitar. And the connection is there in this episode. It's so strong. And you can feel the love they have for each other. And they have a bunch of great lines back and forth. And I really felt this bond that had been slowly forming since episode one. And it is really, they truly are uh, a family in a way. Father-daughter, yeah. basically. And I loved, so accurate to the game with the things like boosting Ellie up. She pushes the ladder down but like runs away immediately because she sees something cool and she sees these giraffes and I was so happy that they put this in the game if they didn't put the giraffes in the game I would have thrown my phone at the TV <laughs> it would have been like the one thing it's like come on and the giraffes look really good I thought it was gonna be something crazy like intense because she ran away and you were like oh I'm so glad this is gonna be awesome but I was like oh shit what's gonna go down no, I was like this is gonna be so cool <laughs> I was like damn something sh- sh- crazy is gonna happen you had these like giraffes really <laughs> no I love I love giraffes I it's, thought it was very sweet it's moment. really special It's incredible. A lot of this whole episode is like line for line, shot for shot. The dialogue they have on the roof looking at the giraffes. Yeah, you can't beat that view. But also Joel, because he's found Ellie and they were talking about when they're at that emergency medical camp that, you know, he's giving kind of a confession to Ellie that I was mentally broken. I was ready to commit suicide. I tried to kill myself, but I flinched last second and she said that line, like, time heals all wounds, huh? He's like, it wasn't time. He's looking directly at her. It was you that healed my wounds of the loss of my daughter of Sarah. I got choked up. It's Get really, it was up. really emotional. It was, it was great. Because yeah. this episode, it not only was it my favorite because of this great action sequence at the end, but also it had everything that I love about the game and the show is the, the emotional depth of the characters and the connection that's formed between Ellie and Joel, which is so important if you've played this game. It's such a special narrative and special experience that this episode encapsulated everything that people love about the game and Ellie is so different from what she usually is today and it's throwing Joel off it throws the audience off because she's so quiet reserved and she is hardly responding to anything he's he's trying to make conversation trying to you know get their rapport going but she's just not responding to anything and she's clearly worried about the future and maybe doesn't even want to go and I think she's feeling a lot of emotions of they're finally about to be there and what exactly is going to happen? And is this the end of the line for us? Is Are we ever going to be together anymore? Or is something terrible going to happen? So Am I, I going to make it out of this? Yeah, so I thought it was a really, really strong to showcase how she's feeling and internalizing it all. Because it, she, it's, she's starkly different from what she usually is personality-wise. And so and that really resonated with Joel where he's like, hey, you seem quieter than usual. And he's, it, it, you can see the worry in, on his face. And it was like he's trying to be a dad to her by trying to get her to talk and trying to get her to open up about how she's feeling. It was great. 
and then we have the puns. The puns. And the flashbang attack, unconsciousness, Joel wakes up in the hospital. This is so accurate. That's why I love uh-huh. this episode so much. And he wakes up to Marlene, who he hasn't seen since the Boston QZ. Last time he saw her, she had a gun wound to her abdomen, and she had asked Joel and Tess to bring and smuggle Ellie out of the city, and now she's in debt to Joel, the last person she says she's ever wanted to be in debt to because of their past and their history. But it's incredible, but also this is where Joel finds out the truth that Ellie's in surgery right now, and she's not going to survive because... I mean, Marlene's being ambiguous at first, like what, what kind of surgery she's in. And she's explaining the cordyceps situation where, like we said earlier, it's, she has these chemical messengers that tell cordyceps that she is a cordyceps and there's no need to infect this body. This host is already a cordyceps. It's one of us. One, one of, of us. us. Google, Google gobble. Google, Google gobble. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're going to try to extract that and make a cure to give to everybody so that cordyceps don't infect anybody ever again. Although Joel's a clever guy, he doesn't know boggle words, but he knows that cordyceps are grown in the brain and spread into the brain, which means, and I love how the show and the game, they don't treat you like dummies. They, they, you know what that means. It's in the brain. That means that she's going to die. They're going to pick her brain apart. Exactly. And they clearly didn't tell Ellie what the surgery would be because when she wakes up in the car late in the episode, she's pretty confused about what happened. So it's not like they told her, hey, we're going to kill you. They just probably well, put her under. kind of ambiguous. Uh-huh. I don't want to spoil oh, I, oh, anything, it? but oh. it's kind of ambiguous because, you know, Ellie, she mm-hmm. probably, you can, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, especially um, if you haven't played the game. But I think Ellie, you can tell when she wakes up in the back of the truck, especially when she turns her back to Joel, she's not happy about being woken up. Disappointed. And being being yeah. safe in the truck right now. She's, she's disappointed about the situation, whether she knew she was going to die or whether she knows that Joel took her out of there and killed everybody despite yeah. the lies that he's telling her. Well, it ties to their conversation on the roof where she, where Joel makes the suggestion we could just go to Tommy's town and just live there and just keep moving forward. But she says, like, everything we've been through would have all been for nothing. So she wants this to mean something, their entire journey, all the people who have died along the way. So she doesn't want to come away from this empty-handed without at least trying to, to do this and find a cure. And So she's clearly adamant about, like, let's make it worth it. And, man, Joel, Joel's escape and rampage from the guards <laughs> i've been oh my god it was god. great it was great it was excellent it was so satisfying this is something that i've been waiting for like i said earlier in the episode all season for joel to like go full joel rampage because i think they've been saving it for a reason i don't know if it's budgetary or story reasons but clearly this is something that i've been waiting for which means i know plenty of other people have been waiting for to see what joel is truly capable of because not only is he a brutal killer, but he's clearly, when he's doing this, he has no morality. He's got no regret. He is just murdering person after person, just killing them in cold blood to save Ellie. Even the ones that surrender, headshot, headshot. Like, he's absolutely, he shows, because we got hints of it, obviously, in earlier episodes. He, he and Tess were bad people. We never saw it exactly, but he's always had that inside of him, this rage and this monster inside of him. And he sh- it's really fueled by two things. I think, obviously, he's grown to love Ellie, but also he doesn't want to lose being a father again. So th- those two things. I think it's not just because he loves Ellie so much now, but because he can he has a chance to be a father again, and which is something he's always wanted. So he's willing to kill anyone in his way 
to save that. That's why it's such a great character. You know, it's yeah. not sugarcoated. The, Joel is not sh- like Hollywood sugarcoated. Like you see so many characters change from an adaptation to a film or a TV series. But this is Joel. He is a murderer. He's a killer. And he basically, you could say, doomed humanity. The, the chance at saving humanity for selfishly preserving his own mental health, you could say, or, or preserving the hole that he lost when Sarah died in, her, in in the original outbreak. And so by replacing Sarah with Ellie, you could say, he's whole again, and it's so selfish in a lot of ways to take the chance of saving humanity just so that he could be happy. But it's also because he doesn't obviously doesn't want Ellie to be killed because she's an innocent person. And he's, he and Marlene, they, they have this quick back and forth, and he said, uh, why do you have the right to choose? And, and, and I suppose he's saying that should humanity even deserve to be saved again? Should Does the humanity deserve to keep going on? It's yeah. a question that I think that the show is saying. And I, I suppose he's like, you don't have the right to decide who lives and dies. And he... I th- I also... I, so it's, I don't, it's selfish, but it's also protection. I think it's it's complex. It's not just selfish. I oh, want, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So absolutely. I would say it's both things. It's heroic, but yeah. also selfish as hell. Yeah. It's both of those things. That's why it's such a great character. Because he so is nuanced. dooming humanity. Dooming humanity. Absolutely. 100%. And Marlene even says to him, why do you get to choose and she should get to choose? What would Ellie want in this situation? And Joel knows that Ellie would definitely die for humanity. Yeah, that, that was a great moment because Marlene knows she would and Joel knows Ellie so well now that he knows that if Marlene had been like, we're going to end your life, but this could save the world. Ellie would do it. Even though Joel says, why do you have the right to choose? He, You can say the same thing about Joel. Why do you have the right to choose to save her? It should be, at the end, it probably should be Ellie's choice, ultimately. This episode is brought to you by MoviePosters.com, the number one place to get your movie posters today. They have an incredible lineup of pretty much every movie or TV show you can think of. Also, check out their new collection of all the Best Picture nominees from the Academy Awards 2023 95th Oscars. They got posters for every single Best Picture nominee as well. It's an amazing site for all of your poster needs, and be sure to use our promo code Raiders 10, again, that's Raiders 10 to get 10% off your order at MoviePosters.com today. And this rampage, is it's so well done because we're getting full circle with the assault rifle, remember, and was the second episode where... You were jumping on your on the couch. I was, like, I pick was it like, up, pick it up, I was like, hands up. in the air, I'm like, ready, because earlier in the show, they have the assault rifle, but Joel's like, there's no point in carrying this around, we have no ammunition, it's so hard to find, just like in the game, you really, you only get the assault rifle in, in the pretty much near the end anyways in the sequence. And he's just going through different guns, different weapons. So it's cool to see him use his rifle, the assault rifle, handguns, the knife. I wish we got the bow and arrow, but no big deal. I'll let it. I'll let it slide. There maybe, wasn't one lying around. Maybe Sorry, next bud. season. Maybe <laughs> next season we'll get use of the bow and arrow. I guarantee. Opening episode, someone's gonna be hunting with a bow and arrow. So you'll so. get it, man. You'll I hope get so. It. I just want to see someone get killed with an arrow um it's my favorite weapon to use but it it was awesome because calling back to the game of you have an arsenal of 17 guns on you by the end of the game (laughs) he's carrying an entire army on his no flamethrower in the the show obviously that's probably too complicated to do it and maybe we'll get a flamethrower next season we'll see because that's such a cool weapon Mm -hmm. but it was just such a great callback to switching between weapons taking out all these guys in this hospital but i think they did a great job with these cool shots of Every bullet he used in the opening of the rampage, we see the cartridge fall to the ground and, and slowly like move across his feet and show how valuable and like maybe a metaphor for the lives being taken by every bullet that Joel uses because he is a murderer, he's a killer, and these great tragic shots of just the bodies just 
lifeless around on the ground. Yeah, in a way, he's the bad guy in the situation. You know, these people are trying to save mankind. They're trying to preserve the the future of the species, and then this man is just showed up and is killing everybody. And so, in a way, Joel is the villain of the story. He's a monster. Yeah, finally got to see it, man. And Whew. it was it was really well shot. I liked the music. They didn't go with like an action music, and they they kind of toned down the audio from the sound design and brought up this really dramatic heavy string score to basically overload the sound and I think that was really strong it was very moving because you could feel the emotion that's driving Joel and the love that's driving him and it's a tragic moment as well so you could feel that in the music I think it also makes it palatable for the a wider general audience because I think oh, sure, yeah. some people maybe can't handle like gun, loud gunfire mm-hmm. and so I think this is a little easier probably for most people to digest also good point yeah thanks That's great man. point you know, I think outside the box sometimes. But the, and then you guess, like, I mean, the Marlene kill was the most brutal because she put down her gun, tried to reason with him, and, and just tried to do the right thing of defusing the situation. And once she put her gun down, he just took her out. And she's barely hanging on, and she has, what, probably two gunshots in, in her abdomen. And then he he hears her groaning and begging for life, and he just headshots her. It was and that, oh my God, it was so powerful and it was shocking, honestly. Yeah, pops her in the stomach, then headshot because he says, you just keep coming after her. Man, it was a crazy episode. Hardcore. Crazy. Joel, this is Joel's true character, which we finally get to see, which mm-hmm. was incredible. To Actually, if you think about saving it for the finale, it's really powerful for, for the audience to go through to see really what this person's like and he's i mean he's extremely efficient killer and nobody's even nobody comes even close to him especially in this fedra facility i mean he is firefly facility firefly sorry fireflies he's got goodness he probably has so much training in a background in what is it special ops and stuff and do they go into that in the game uh just well in the show they show his truck has what was it a sticker for was it the gulf war oh yeah 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 i can't remember which war it was right yeah Um, desert storm yeah, Desert, Desert Storm. Storm. Yeah, so obviously, yeah, Joel obviously has training as well. Yeah, I mean, he, tactical background, and he's extremely efficient. By you know, he he was able to conserve as much ammo as possible with every weapon he used, and I I really liked how he went from weapon to weapon until eventually he had the pistol only, and saves her, saves Ellie, wakes up in the truck. Oh my god, he kills a surgeon. Yeah, oh hops him right in the head. I won't oh my take god, her. it's intense. And she wakes up in the truck, doesn't know what's going on, but you she, you can tell she she knows. Joel's not telling her the truth completely at this moment. There's something off. Why am I waking up in the truck? Why don't I have any clothes? He lies to her saying that the, uh, there's dozens of people that are immune as well, and they can't find a cure, so it, they're, they're going to stop looking, basically. Mm-hmm. It's futile, and also raiders attacked the hospital, barely got you out of there alive. Everyone's dead. Everyone got hurt. And he's, she's just accepting these lies for now. She's probably heavily medicated, but also just accepting the fact that you know, I care about Joel so much, and even, and this is kind of the situation I'm in. And they have that moment where they're heading to Tommy's, and they go on that hike, and Joel's telling her about Sarah and how much they would have liked each other. And they find the town, and Ellie, before they get there, has to confess basically about the first time she killed someone, and she retells the story of how she had to kill Riley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great moment. And you can see the uncertainty on Ellie the entire hike up there. And she clearly isn't trusting what he said and told her. But then they, she reveals that truth, then also makes Joel swear to swear that he has been telling her the truth about what happened with the fireflies. Yeah, and she says, swear to me that everything you said was true about the hospital, about the fireflies, about the cure, basically. And Joel lies again. And it's actually really terrific acting by Bella Ramsey, where 
you can tell that Ellie knows 100%. I mean, knows that there's something not right. It's not the full truth. Yeah. It's not the full truth right now, but it's good enough for me for right now. And I care about Joel so much that I'll give this a shot. This is, I got to survive. And, Mm -hmm. but you can tell in her eyes that she's not getting everything out of him. Yeah, I agree. You could definitely see that. So the performers were great. Excellent moment. And I like the hard cut to black when she said, okay, kind of like with some uncertainty in her voice and tone and then cuts to black credit roll. Terrific ending. We didn't have to see them go into the town. We didn't have to see Tommy again, but the cut right there, I think was a great ending. Man, this episode was excellent. Absolutely excellent. And now season two, I believe they might start filming this year because obviously this is the, one of the most popular shows in television in the last couple of years. And so season two is going to take place, or it's the story of Last of Us Part Two, the video game. And it just got confirmed by showrunners Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann that the events of The Last of Us Part Two will be more than one season. Okay. Now, I wish they did that with the first game mm-hmm. with making part one, two, two seasons. That's mm-hmm. my one con to the show. This whole season is it moved too fast for me. I would have loved to see so much more character development and storyline from the first game put into episodes, but I understand that like they want to get to season two pretty quickly. Yeah. So season two will be, uh, last of us part two broken up into probably two seasons. So season two and three, probably last of us part two. Then I'm sure they'll go on their own storyline. And I imagine they'll probably do some spinoffs too. Cause yeah. the walking dead has two spinoffs. Yeah, and they might even have, I know The Last of Us Part 3, the game is rumored to be getting made and in development right now, so Mm. maybe Season 4 of The Last of Us will time perfectly with The Last of Us Part 3 being released. Who knows? Oh, yeah, Naughty Dog, I'm sure, are going to probably pull that out because it's so popular. Mm -hmm. And I bet that they'll be working closely with HBO Max developing the story. Sony and HBO, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's a Sony, Sony owns Naughty Dog. It's a Sony. It's a Sony production with okay. Naughty Dog, uh-huh. and obviously HBO and Sony's Columbia. But Columbia, Sony doesn't really have a streamer. Sony streamer. Um, no, Columbia doesn't have a streamer. They just, they just like they just license. Their, yeah, license everything. Yeah, so they're, they're probably the they're probably the smartest out of everyone. <laughs> they're like, we're not wasting our money on that. We're just let everyone rent it for for money. Columbia Sony Plus. <laughs> yeah, what would you even call Columbia it? Columbia Plus. <laughs> Sony Max. <laughs> But man, this was an incredible episode. My favorite, hands down, of the season. I was cheering. I got really emotional. And it was absolutely epic. I think it ended on a high note. And I'm really looking forward to season two. For me, it hit all the notes that I was looking for. And in terms of episodes, I would say it's the best one, the strongest one. Yeah. I mean, we just watched it. So that might be recency bias. But no, I man, I think we have a yeah. good uh, depiction of like where we rank them in our heads as yeah. we've been going through the season. Yeah, it seems like the finale was just all flat out the strongest episode so far. And yeah. they just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, they're firing on all cylinders. <laughs> it was so game accurate. It was absolutely you were like oh my god this is so accurate the whole time you you were like man this is so this is just like the game (laughs) basically basically you bounced it on the couch (laughs) but thanks so much everybody for tuning in to our finale recap of the last of us season one what a show probably the best game adaptation ever put on screen for tv or film really excellent stuff excited for season two and obviously development of these characters and actors going forward we have some great episodes coming for you this week. Yesterday, we did an Oscars 2023 reaction, reacting to the 95th Academy Awards, all the winners and all the events during the broadcast and the show, which was terrific. We also did a Discord watch party, which was so fun. You can be a member of our Discord by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash 
Raiders of the Lost podcast. Every patron on Raiders of the Lost podcast gets access to a weekly bonus episode. The weekly chat is now permanently and exclusively moving to Patreon, as well as awesome other perks. We have different tiers. $2 is the minimum tier to get access to the bonus episodes and weekly chat. $5, the $10 tier is the minimum to get access to our Discord. Then we have $25 and $100 tiers is the best way to support our show and help us grow and help to make sure that Anthony can afford to get his orange chicken from Trader Joe's. <laughs> it's a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're, we're actually going to be doing a, another TV review very soon. Next Thursday, the week after this Thursday, we have a True Detective Season 1 review coming out. It's going to be an epic episode. So definitely revisit that. It's on mm-hmm. HBO Max. And it was such a blast to watch that. I haven't seen it since it yeah. came out. Man, it is some masterful television. It's phenomenal. Watching it again after, like, what is it, six or seven years, it's I was still blown away by it. Yeah, and uh, I can't wait to talk about it. There's so much to break down. That'll be like a two and a half hour episode. It's going to be over great. The characters and going over the episode. So that was a lot of fun. And, you know, in place of the weekly chat, we'll still be doing more TV reviews and movie reviews. We're going to do a review for 65. We're going to do a review of Scream 6. So even though we're losing, if you're not paying on Patreon, that weekly chat, you'll still get plenty, four to five episodes every week for free on Raiders of Lost podcast. But we really just want to help. We want to give more exclusive content to our patrons because they mean the world to us. You know, financially backing us is really important, and we want to make sure that they're getting their money's worth by getting more exclusive content for them. It's been so fun, but we also want to decongest the feed, make sure it's just really just only movie stuff on the feeds when you're looking on Spotify or Apple or wherever. Yeah, so we're actually ironically making more content than ever. Yeah, if you <laughs> thought that was possible. <laughs> so we're making even more content. If you want that extra content, just become a patron at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost podcast. And be sure to tune into our episode on Thursday. It's going to be a posting of our live performance, of our live show that we did in January in Los Angeles at an amazing theater in front of an awesome crowd. So that's posting on Thursday. Take care, everybody. See you next time. This episode of Raiders of the Lost podcast was executive produced by our chosen one patrons. Luke Exelston, Tyler McFly, Darren Singleton, Anthony DeMeo, Becca Keen, Cody Moen, Benjamin Cook, Calvin Cam, and Chandler Johnson. Thank you so much for supporting our show. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a mirror image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.